Are you looking for freedom? Freedom from the daily grind and hustle? Or just finding a way to live the life you always wanted? Then join us on the Investing for Freedom podcast. Our host, Mike Ayala, will help you discover new ways to find freedom with tips, insights, and interviews. You'll learn the exact systems he's used to travel the world and live his best life. True success and happiness are all about freedom. And here's your roadmap on how to find freedom on your own terms. Welcome to the Investing for Freedom podcast. Here's your host, Mike Ayala. Thank you for joining me on the Investing for Freedom podcast. Today, I am super excited about this episode because we have, honestly, a guy on the show that every time I talk to him, I just get inspired. We have great conversation. And I remember even a breakfast meeting that was probably going to be a 20 or 30 breakfast meeting that went on for like two hours. So I'm just, I'm, I'm hoping that we can get a 40 minute episode done in 40 minutes. But um, this guy brings a lot of experience, a lot of joy, a lot of energy um, to every conversation that I've ever had. And I don't think today will be any different, but also he's an expert in the podcast arena. Um, he's just a great marketer. And more than anything, he is just a funny, great human uh, Eric, thanks for being on the show, man. Dude, thank you so much. And uh, I, I love that intro, man. I, I appreciate you very much, man. Uh, thank you for having me. Dude, I'll never forget when you did the comedy show at GoBundance. <laughs> Dude, you oh had gosh. the entire room just rolling. And um, I don't know, I'll just never, I'll, I'll never see you the same. <laughs> Dude, it seems like ages ago, but uh, yeah, that was fun, man. Um, you know, just getting an opportunity to be on stage in front of like hundreds of GoBros and uh, have that introduction. It's still, you know, people come up to me years and years later, like, dude, I remember the birth story, man. Come over here, tell my wife. And I'm like, oh, great. Then I got, I got to perform. You know? yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm happy to though, man. I'm, I'm, I'm so glad I had that opportunity. I was blessed. Yeah. Well, you know, and I'm curious, usually I just jump right into the questions, but I'm curious on that too. You're such a great storyteller. And I've noticed that, you know, most successful people are great storytellers. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, there's, and thank you for that. There's, there's something to storytelling that I've always appreciated, um, you know, being a movie buff, um, just, just loving music and, and the arts in general. That's how I got started. I went to school of visual arts in Manhattan. Um, just being around creatives, uh, especially loving people like Richard Pryor, Eddie Murphy, uh, Chris Rock, and, you know, now, you know, all, all, all the greats, there was always something there that I, I never really was intentional uh, about, but I was around people that wanted to be funny just in my life, my cousins, my dad, my uncles, and they would just sit around the table telling stories, man. And everybody would just, you know, one person would hold court and for 15, 20 minutes, one guy would tell a story. And I think those beats and the cadence, you know, sort of got embedded in me where um, I was able to share those stories with my friends and um, we we would try to one-up each other with our ridiculous stories. And, it, you know, there's such joy uh, from getting people to laugh. You know, you get so much fulfillment out of that. Uh, it's addicting. Um, so I think it's, it's it was just something that uh, over time I started to observe into being a young adult, into an adult, and then eventually being on stage. It's a lot of fun, man. It's one of the biggest fears that people have, right? Number, number one being... Uh, the number one fear, actually, speaking on stage, and you've heard that uh, people, number one is speaking in public, and number two is death. So that means that the person that's giving the, they would rather be the person in the casket than the one giving the eulogy is crazy, but it's true. 
Yeah, it's so wild. Um, I, man, there's so many there's so many things I want to unpack there, but I'll I'll never forget. And this is something that I've shared so many times. But you know, my my great uncle died. I don't know. This has probably been ten years ago or something. But my mom called me up, and I hadn't even seen this guy for like fifteen years. And I wasn't really that close to him. I, I liked him, but my mom calls me up and she said, "Hey, the family wants to know if you would give the eulogy at his funeral." And I was like, "Sure, like." why <laughs> you know and and my mom was like well neither one of the kids want to do it his his ex-wife obviously doesn't want to speak at his funeral and she's like he had a couple close friends none of them want to speak and they're like they didn't want just the you know the pastor or whatever giving the eulogy and i was like that was such an impactful moment for me um in fact you know we're we're in go abundance and and i shared this with chris ryan the first time i met him because I was going to be speaking at a champions event. I was going to do the very first, whatever they, the champion spotlight. And I was sharing this story because that had just, you know, that was a big impactful year for me. And so he actually had me share, write my own eulogy and share it at champions. But it was such like a, when you say that about like people are, so there, there's two things that my brain goes to there. Number one, people would rather be the person in the casket than give the eulogy. But there's another side of that too. Like the more we share our truth and, and really connect on a human level like you're so great at. I think, dude, that was a moment for me because I don't want to be the guy that dies and nobody wants to speak at my eulogy. So I know that's not where you were really mm. going with it, but like there's two fears there, dying alone for me, which I don't want. Uh, number two, like I used to be scared to speak, but the more you do this, and this is why I love the work that you do in podcasting and helping people build their personal brand and stuff. Because if you look at Gary Vee, and his early videos, like he wasn't great, but look at him now, right? And everybody has to just get started. So anyway, I'll toss it back to you. A hundred percent, dude. I, you remind me of, um, I mean, like you said, there's so much to unpack there. You know, I love the quote, and I forget who says it, maybe you can remind me, but live for your eulogy and not your resume. Mm. So that that really hits home for me in that, like I want I, I want a lot of people at my, wed at my wedding, my funeral. Versus just, you know, like close family and friends, that's fine. But can you imagine being the type of person that makes such an impact on, in the world, in your community, that um, there's a line out going out of the door, mm -hmm. right? just wrapping around the church. Like there's not enough parking spots at the church. That's what I sort of think about, you know, um, and I thought about, because I turned 50 recently until I, I messaged you about it. And I was like, dude, Turning 50, man, this is a blessing. Like, I thought I was going to be depressed about it, but I'm like, whoa, can't wait to make the make next 50, you know, make it, make it, make it really count. But yeah, it's, it's about that, dude, just making an impact and affecting people. And I want to share a story, dude, about yeah. how you, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you, aside from this being your, uh, your, your podcast, which is amazing. Congratulations. Dude, I wouldn't be in Go Abundance. Like, I would remember thinking, I never told you this story. So I'm glad I shared it. Um, I'm, I saved it for this, for your show. That um, when I walked in, I was uh, probably on day two, maybe, yeah, about around day two, I was walking around thinking, I was super intimidated, by the way, being in the room, you know, a bunch of millionaires. I didn't know if I qualified. I was like, what am I doing here? And I kept looking for moments and reasons why I should join. Hmm. Why should I be in abundance? What am I going to get out of it? What's the ROI for me? You know, as I was asking and, um, you know, because we know it's it's not cheap to join. And um, what happened was, on day two, I walked up to you. You were at a table or a bar or something, and you looked at me. You were like, you were shaking your head. You're like, bro, 
I can't stop thinking about that conversation we had last night. Mm. I'm like, what are you talking about? What happened? And you're like, dude, I think I'm going to start a podcast because of the conversations we've been having. And then lo and behold, a few weeks later, you freaking launched the podcast. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa. But, but in that moment, dude, that's when it hit me. I walked outside and I was like, I'm not here to see what I can get. I'm here to see what I can give. Like, who can I help? Who can I share? Who can I inspire? And that was you, bro. Like you gave, you gave me such fulfillment. Like I had never felt like, oh, maybe I felt it, but I wasn't aware of it. Yeah. I was like, oh, dude, you gave me this such a, a high. I was like, oh, that's why I'm here. It's amazing. It's so but good. Thank you. Yeah. No, thank, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for, you know, showing up and inspiring too. And I think there's a, there's something amazing there. Karen and I were talking about this recently because we're part of this group called Wellspring that Pete Vargas leads. And, you know, a lot of the people in there were like, this is such a different feel because most of the masterminds we go to are all just about, you know, like money or how can I grow my business or whatever. And the thing about go abundance and the thing about like most of the masterminds I've been a part of are not like that, you know, hunter feel to it. And GoBundance has, you know, one of the pillars is genuine contribution. And when you, sh that, that thought that you just planted, like when you realize that it's not just about what you could get, but it was about you showing up and what could you also contribute? I think when that's what I love about guys like you is when you, when you, when you figure that out and it's the value you can add, it kind of changes, it changes the whole dynamic around it. So thank you as well for being a contributor. Yeah, brother. I, you know, you're, you're always in my thoughts when it comes to like reflecting on the, on the journey, mm. right? Because if it wasn't for you validating my reason for being there, it wasn't, dude, GoBundance helped us uh, in so many different ways. But then eventually when we partnered uh, last year, um, we, the, the, the company 10 X. So you were kind of the cat, yeah. <laughs> you're the catalyst, right? Because if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have had that moment of clarity and the Eureka. Where I'm like, Oh damn, like there's something more than like me receiving. Yeah. You know, and, and that's like next level entrepreneurship and growth and all that stuff. Cause I was definitely still transitioning and still battling that scarcity mindset. Mm -hmm. So literally the go, the, the abundance mindset, yeah. um, was a shift for me. Um, and you were already there. That's what's most intimidating about like sort of joining groups like GoBundance, which I highly recommend. And we're also in Front Row Dads together. We're in so many different <laughs> overlapping yeah. uh, groups. But um, being around people that are modeling and and experiencing a life that you want to experience, you know, mm -hmm. so like I'll take advice from anyone and everyone that is living a life that who's, I won't mind filling your shoes. I won't mind feeling a yellow shoes who's going to be a grandfather. <laughs> you, know, like, you know, but on the road to, you know, cool things like that, where it's like always, always aware of where the source of information and, and recommendations are coming from and advice. Like, uh, are you, are you a happy berry guy? Are you uh, mm -hmm. right? Do you live in a nice place? Are you living the life you want to lead? You know, there's a lot of successful people that we know yeah. that aren't necessarily living happy lives. Yeah. You know, yeah. Well, as a side note, before I say what I, uh, my son got engaged, so that's, that's what Eric was referring to. So we, it's, um, it's, it's December 29th. As, yeah. It's, it's December 29th as we're recording and, and my oldest son, Dylan, who's been on the show before, um, he recently got engaged. So I may be a grandfather in the future, but anyway, going back to what you were just talking about, which I think is interesting. And I've thought this for a long time. You know, I'm always thinking about collecting conversations and just collecting good humans in my world. And even that, that breakfast that I was talking about sitting down with, um, you and Josh McCallan and, 
you know, the, it's these little, I think a lot of times people are just in such a rush to get to whatever it is they're trying to get to. And for me, it's like slowing down and just having that, that contribution mind, like you were talking about just, you know, you didn't say collecting, but you're just having these little conversations and meetings and, and friendships that just compound more and more and more. And it just kind of starts snowballing. And I think that's the big difference between guys like you and people who are like, you can feel it. You can feel when, you know, does this guy, you said, does this guy have a good family? Does he have a, is he a shark? Is he just trying to sell me something versus like, you know, just having those great conversations. And I'm thinking specifically about that breakfast and, and talking with you and Josh McCallan and, you know, Josh and I've had multiple, multiple little conversations along the way, but every time it just compounds and it grows. And, and so I just appreciate, you know, humans like you that just take that approach to life. And every time I talk to you, I get value. So I'm excited for the listeners to continue to gain value from you. Same here, bro. Right back at you. But thank you for that. Quick question. Who's had the greatest impact on your life? Hands down, dude, 100% would be my wife. Like I, 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 I picked the best one, bro. You know, like being single guys, you know, you weren't single as long as I was. I, I didn't get married till I was like late thirties, but there were a lot of crazy relationships that I was in um, and got close to tying the knot with. And I think, man, what, what could have happened if I married this one or that one? I'm like, oh, that would have been a hot mess. <laughs> like, whereas my wife, Jane, um, she's just such a perfect compliment to me and my personality and what I provide and what, um, what she what she does just inherently mm. like she's super patient and understanding and she's a risk averse type of person, but she has enough trust in me, uh, to, to, to know that I am going to figure it out. So, uh, one of the biggest things I'll, I'll mention that she helped me like, if it wasn't for her, I'd look just like you, if I would, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you, for her, dude, if she didn't say yes to me leaving corporate America after over 20 years, dude, mm. like, Another wife or girlfriend would be like, are you out of your mind? No, like that. Women technically, typically want, um, they, they want certainty in their life. Mm -hmm. And that provides a boatload of uncertainty. Uh, but she trusted in me, dude. She trusted in the fact that um, I'm going to figure this out. Not like the first time when I, when, dude, did I ever tell you this story? When I first approached her, we were just dating. I'm like, I want to leave corporate America. I always wanted to leave. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to leave. I'm going to quit my job. I'm going to become a professional poker player because I was like crushing the home games. Right? I had like one thousands of dollars and um, I was like just so cocky and confident. I'm going to sell my car, my house. I'm going to move in with you. And she was like, you out of your mind. She was like, get out of here. You're not doing that. I thought when I approached her, like I'm going to leave corporate. I'm going to become a real estate investor. She'd say the same thing, mm. but no, dude, 100% support and love. And here we are, man. Like just one thing after the other. She's just like, you got this. Uh, I trust you. It's so good, man. I, I don't know if you've ever read the Almanac of Naval Ravikant, but I, I love listening to that guy. And one of the things that he said in there was the number one most important decision you'll ever make in your life is the person that you decide to marry. Um, and I was just like, I, <laughs> I find it so true over and over and over again. Um, probably a conversation for a different day, but yeah, it's so true, man. Yeah. Yeah, dude. If you, and it, it's, it's not necessarily your partner on paper, like there's, there could be so many people that like, they hit all the marks, you know, just like a job, you know, you're like, Hey, you're, you're hitting the marks, but it's also like who compliments you in your, your personality and your nuances and can, can help to guide whether they realize it or not, 
your path to becoming more of you. And then also understanding that you're not going to stay the same dude, whoever she married, you know, um, geez, 14 years ago, Mm. um, is not the same guy, dude. Thank goodness. She's stuck in with me and now has realized she's married somebody. She's married to somebody completely different, which I think is an upgrade. She calls me, um, Eric 3.0. I like it. I, I was probably in the zeros when she met me, but yeah, dude, the willingness to understand that, we are evolving human beings, hopefully, because you and I know a lot of people that probably have not evolved. I know people that I've had my friendships, you know, since high school, college, and they're exactly the same person, yeah. which is okay. But if you marry someone, being able to understand that is a normal process, potentially, mm. and the willingness to just embrace it. Yeah. And they change too, right? And just, yeah. it's just navigating throughout life and your journey and hoping that you guys can stay in sync. Yeah. Um, it's key. We had a couples event here in November and we had a guy come in and speak. His name's Mike Chu and he was quoting someone else and I can't remember the lady's name, but the quote was, um, all of us will marry three people on average. We'll marry three people throughout our lifetime. The question is, will it be the same person or will it be three different people? And I was like, what in the heck is he saying? But then as he was kind of sorting through it, it's the same thing that you're saying. Like we go through different iterations and I think it's so powerful, number one, to recognize. But number two, I think it's when when one person starts outgrowing or leaves behind, which is one of the things we see so many times, like in you know, success, investing, business, whatever. Um, and that's one of the things that we're always talking about in the couples mastermind too, is like just making sure that you always come back and stay connected. And I'll never forget Kara. She made this realization. I was at a real estate guys event and I was always in, you know, when I was in their mastermind, we were always going to events and Kara would be there. And somebody asked her at a bar, we were sitting around talking and the guy said, how does Mike convince you to come to events with him? And she looked and she said, Mike doesn't convince me to go to events with him. I want to be with him. I want to be at these events. And that was one of those moments where I realized like being in alignment is so important. And I'm just curious, like, how do you guys stay in alignment? I would be that guy asking Kara, by the way. Um, my wife is very focused on on the the children right now. You know, they're very young, eight and five. It's with intention um, and, and, and surrounding myself with people like you, you know, whether it's in Go Abundance or Front Row Dads, to be uh, aware that this can go down another path, right? If I'm not aware of the separation or the path of growth and the other one being left behind, that is a big fear of mine. And, you know, within our groups, it's a big fear within a lot of us that as we evolve as entrepreneurs, you know, um, James Clear said it best on Atomic Habits uh, when he was on Bigger Pockets talking about it. He said, um, Little do people know, or not people are not, not many are aware that being an entrepreneur is personal growth and self development in disguise. Mm. And dude, if I had known that, I probably wouldn't have done it. I probably would not become a business owner because that's scary to look in the mirror, right? And unpack all your junk and fix it. It's like every day it's work. And as we level up in business, I had to continuously level up as a person and an individual, just just me, and then eventually as a dad and a husband. And I noticed that. My wife's so focused on raising the children. Mm -hmm. She's not focusing on herself, Mm. which we understand. And hopefully the majority of your community here understands like that's first, like oxygen mask on you first. Mm -hmm. Come on. Right. Mm -hmm. You're not good for anyone if you're not breathing. Mm -hmm. And um, that's constant work. I brought her to a Tony Robbins event recently. Um, She was kicking and screaming. But when she was there, 
Yeah. She was loving it, bro. She was loving it. So it's a bit, it's more, it's work. It's more and more of that. And it's more as the children get older, I think she'll begin to discover more of herself in her time. Cause right now a lot of her identity is wrapped up in being a mother and, and, and raising amazing little girls. Uh, but yeah, brother, it's, it's, it's work. It's constant work yep. every day, every week. Yeah. And I think you crushed, I think you crushed that, you know, and just being open and transparent because even, so Kara's number one goal in the world was to be the best mom that she could possibly be. And now that my kids are all, you know, adults, um, I think she did that. But when she was, when they were younger, she was a stay at home mom. And so the conversation at the bar was not so much like, Hey, how do you get your, how do I get my wife to go to events? It's more like around alignment, right? And one of the things that we do in the couples mastermind, we have a scorecard and just like, you know, there's a lot of conversation in GoBundance and other groups about like EOS and visionaries and implementers or, um, or integrators and, and understanding what the different roles are. It, I, I feel like it's, we put so much emphasis in business into understanding like roles and responsibilities and job description. But really, I loved what you said there because it, that is alignment, like understanding where we're each at and knowing that, you know, put your os- oxygen max on first, like you've got to take care of yourself first. Anyway, in the couple's mastermind, we use a scorecard and we love it because, and I think it kind of spawned from the EOS type thinking because we have scorecards in business, but a lot of, mm-hmm. we, we rarely have a scorecard with our significant other where we can check in and say, are we on track, off track? Sometimes when I hear Kara's score, I'm like, I didn't even know. And we do it once a month. I didn't even know you were feeling that way. So I love your answer to that. It's really alignment is truly just being in constant communication in my mind. Hey, if you as a couple want 2023 to be your best year ever, I invite you to join us on the Next Level Couple Mastermind. Karen and I take five other couples. We have an amazing year together, two amazing trips, monthly one-on-one calls with the guys and me, monthly one-on-one calls with the girls and Kara. And we bring in amazing speakers once a month on group calls. If this is something that sounds interesting to you, I can't think of a better year than coming into 2023 to just really double down, make sure that your relationship is a priority, and then also spending an entire year together with other amazing high-performing couples. If this sounds interesting to you, it's super simple. Text the word couples to 480-531-7519. We'll send you a form. And the four of us will get on a call and just talk about the details and see if it's a good fit. So why not join us in 2023? It's going to be an amazing year. Look forward to meeting you. Yeah, communication is key, right? Like like you said, we're so focused on business and we put all these tool sets and all these things to, to achieve success um, in the business. But we don't apply those tool sets at home. And what I love about a lot of the groups that we're in, and, and it sounds like your mastermind as well, is you, you're giving the tools to the people so that they can Number one, focus on where it matters most, which is home, mm. right? Because the business is going to go to shit if you if you don't have your house in order, if your kids are, you know, causing stress or you're stre- stressing them out. If it's unhealthy at home and you're not being the best husband and father, uh, man, that affects the business, mm-hmm. right? And if you don't understand that holistic uh, sort of nature of things, then it, it's going to, it's going to bite you in the ass at some point. It's, yeah. it's going to take some time. You know, they're going to blow up a, a business partner or something or a friend and ruin your relationships. Yeah. There's a scripture in the Bible that, um, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world, but to lose his soul? And I've always thought of that. 
like from the perspective of like what you were just saying, like we put so much time and energy and effort into, you know, our finances, our businesses, like coaching programs, like all these different things. But like at the end of the day, what is it, what does it profit me to, you know, be worth a million or 10 million or a hundred million, but I've lost, I've, I've got no friends. Uh, you know, we, we started talking about just like the depth of contribution and, and the people at your funeral. And the, this is not where I thought this was going today, but um, the people at your funeral and like all of that, like, what does it profit me to gain the whole world, but to lose my relationship with my wife or my children or, or any of that. And I'm, we'll get into this too, I'm sure. But like, I mean, even in, in the, uh, the podcast world that you're in and helping people on air brands, like I'm pretty sure that metrics are a key component of that. And when you just bring it back to your life, like we were talking off camera about, you know, taking inventory over the year and where are we at, where did we win? And, and what does next year look like? And man, we do so much of that when it comes to, like, I want to know metric wise, is my podcast winning or is it not? If I'm going to pay Eric to help me blow up my podcast, or help me build my brand. There's got to be some kind of metrics. Like, are we winning or not? But then we don't have that for our personal lives. It's so crazy. Yeah, yeah, dude. It's um, it's really the reflection and and the moments where you actually can spend some time with yourself to say, what was something that I experienced that was wonderful? You know, like, dude, what I've really realized recently, um, you know, adopting yoga and meditation and faith is that, um, just being freaking present is hard. Right? Like being at the dinner table and not think about work and just looking at my kids eating dinner and absorbing that moment as if tomorrow is my last day. Mm. Now, that's hard, man. That takes work and effort every single day um, to be able to turn that light switch on or off to say, I'm fully present in this moment. Mm. And I'm absorbing like, dude, I'm 100,000% present with you right now. Mm. I'm not thinking about other things. I'm not distracted. I'm not on my phone. That's the thing, dude. The phone has really destroyed the ability to become fully present. You know, like I don't have my phone. I leave my phone and I take my watch off. I take all devices and I leave it in the office. And then I go to dinner mm-hmm. and I just try to be as present as I could possibly be because these moments are fleeting, bro. Like mm-hmm. before I know it, my kid's going to be engaged and then having kids and then I'll be a grandpa. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, you know, dude, it's just, it's just, especially in our community, especially in Gobanis, man, there's a lot of like, bravado and let's crush and i'm like do you have any kids nah and i'm like do you uh, i have i have girlfriends and i'm like, I was like where's mike <laughs> <laughs> i need someone I with grandkids <laughs> yeah, i need someone to tell me how to be a grandpa yeah but yeah yeah it's so good i love it man if you could narrow it down to one thing that has had the greatest impact on your success what would that be it was probably uh, many things but i say uh, at the top is leaving leaving corporate America after 21 years, man, that was, it was good and bad. You know, a lot of wonderful things uh, I got to experience and learn. Uh, It wasn't really until the later years that I um, started picking up the tools on how to run a business, Mm. you know, before I was just the cog in the the machine versus trying to become the machine. But yeah, it, it took me too long, dude. It took me 20, over 20 years to realize and gaining the confidence that I could do this on my own because I was making other people millions and millions and millions of dollars, you know, collecting a decent paycheck, don't get me wrong, but just kind of pissing life away, man, you know, drinking and partying and not, you know, we didn't have kids till later in life and just acting like I was in college most of the time and just realizing like every day there lacked purpose because all I was doing was watching TV, um, playing video games, and dude, I'm talking in my 20s and 30s, 
where I just, it's a lot of years, man. Like imagine all the people that are playing video games right now. And an old, old buddy of mine texted me. He's like, hey, what's going on, bro? And I'm like, you still play Clash of Clans? This old game that came out on the iPhone in the early days. I got him into it. I feel bad. Like I introduced him to that drug. He's like, yeah, still play it. I'm like, I didn't want to say anything disparaging, but I was like, dude, you're probably well beyond the 10,000 hours to be an expert in something that Malcolm Gladwell uh, coined. And uh, he didn't get it, mm. but you get it. I was like, dude, what could you have built? What could you have solved? What could you have created? Rather than giving this company all your time and time, dude. It's all about time, man. So good. So good. Quick little side <laughs> sidebar on that. Um, yeah. When you're, so my boys loved Clash of Clans. And I used to play yeah, Clash of game. Clans with them. So I, I got pretty good at Clash of Clans. This is funny. <laughs> like my audience. Me is, too. Yeah. So then I stopped playing like, I don't know, six, seven years, whenever, whenever it was. And a couple, like maybe a year ago, my oldest son and my middle son, they were together and they, they still play Clash of Clans. And, and they were like, dad, what'd you do with your clan? I'm like, nothing. And so they, they like logged into my clan account and they use my clan for like a feeder uh, for like their army. So, but, so my clan is alive and well, I just don't play it anymore. I just thought you'd like that. So same with me. I do. It's probably been 10, 12 years. Um, I'm sure my clan is still in there getting raided and yeah. annihilated and growing for some weird reason. Um, but dude, I mean, there's some lessons learned there, but also, uh, you have to think about the game developers, right? They designed that thing to be addicting. Yeah. And you and I were Addicted. And yeah. so, you know, and your boys have that level as well. And we're, and the, the, the thing is, there isn't a warning when you download the game. Yeah. Like, hey, this is designed to get you addicted. Yeah. Uh, and that's where I'm like, there should be some transparency there. Yeah. You know, like uh, Facebook and all these algorithms are designed to keep us on the teat, yeah. so to speak. Right. Yeah. And, and what it does is it creates us, it creates an army of consumers instead of creators. Yeah. And I was like, I'm out of the matrix, bro. I want to become a creator. Yeah. I love that. The creator, you know, versus the consumer. I was actually at breakfast. I have an investor that flew in um, two weeks ago and we were sitting at breakfast and, and he was talking about this exact thing. His kids, they limit the amount of time that his grandkids get. So anyway, it got us onto a conversation around, you know, just the disparity of, you know, back in the day, like people that could go to Harvard had an advantage over someone that didn't, uh, someone that had education had an advantage over someone that didn't. And I don't, what we were talking about, I actually think that those who can get off, as you said, the teeth, I think it's, it's going to be few and far between, but if you can limit the amount of time that you are a consumer versus, you know, spending more time being a creator, I think you nailed it right there. And those that figure out, including our kids and your kids, how to create, it's going to get that, that, that window is going to get smaller and smaller and smaller. So, um, it is sad because more and more people are getting sucked into that. But for those that focus on that creation versus consuming, it can be huge. Oh yeah, dude. I mean, going back to the early part of the conversation and that, you know, we want to make impact, right? That, that's that's always in the conversation in our world. And how do we do that, man? Well, we have to create things. We have to produce things. We have to create jobs for the economy versus just being one of the worker bees. There's more impact that can be made. Yes, I was making an impact on a very small scale when I was in corporate America. Um, 
but not to the level where, you know, we employ dozens of people like we and then, you know, put food on their family's tables. And, you know, we we have tenants that we provide homes for, you know, and heat. And, you know, there's a lot of wonderful things that, man, if I love this time of year. And, and for those of you who are listening to this in the future, it is uh, it is it's the holidays, it's Christmas time, New Year's in 2020, 2020. Um, but like, think of yourself as George Bailey. Like what? Dude, if I didn't exist, would you, would we be on this podcast? Like, remember, like I, maybe it would have been someone else that you had a conversation with, I am sure, but it wouldn't have started that week. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and then like, think about that. If any of you are ever feeling down, it's like, what would happen if I didn't exist? Yeah. Mike, what would happen if you didn't exist, bro? Like mm. how many things did you affect in life yeah. um, that would never have occurred if you didn't, if you weren't there for that? Um, so yeah, man, I'm all about creating, creating jobs, creating homes, creating an impact through these podcasts, dude. Think about, I'm thinking, hold, that's why I got into this game, dude. When the mantra and the tag for us became make the world better one mic at a time. That's what we do. We make the world better one mic at a time. That blew my mind because I was like, for you, let's say if you were our client, how many people are you affecting? Right? How much change are you and in, in inspire inspiration you're giving to multiple, multiple ripples, right? And then like, I give the opportunity to like, we were talking about the Cardones, like helping him wants to get on stages or the Vayners of the world. We help both their podcasts and then the, how many people are they? So the more I can make an impact and find those thought leaders and those people that have a huge reach, even it's all the way from the little old guys like me, to the big, big, big dogs. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what we do, man. I'll help you get on the stage or get you on a podcast or help you build your brand because that's how we affect change, mm -hmm. right? By getting on a mic and the mic is just a tool. It's really uh, like a metaphor for like the stage. Like you can make an impact by speaking to more people. Yeah. One-on-one's great, but one-to-many is amazing. You know, I'm going to steal that tagline from you. I'm impacting the world one mic at a time. I'm just... Yeah. <laughs> One Ayala. Yeah, so there you go. Um, you know, I love, I love what you're talking about there. And, and when we talk about impact and, and just even like the theme with contribution, we were talking about this off camera too. Like there's a guy that I met recently that's been there since episode one and he, and he's talking about the impact that I've had. And so that's another thing too, that I'm curious about your opinion on, you know, as you help people get their podcasts launch and, and change the world one mic at a time. It has to be about something bigger too. You were you were you were talking about this off camera. It has to be about something bigger than than just that because a lot of times you don't get that feedback loop too. And so I'm curious on that. Like, what do you say to the person that knows they have a message in them and they know they want to get something started and they know they want to get moving, but they just like, why would anybody listen to me? And you know, what do I have to offer, et cetera? I'm I'm just curious. So we have to, and you know, going back to the theme here in that um, it's bigger than us, mm. right? So just the fact that I had a podcast and dude, when we met, you know, three, four years ago, um, I don't even know, I'm up, I'm like 250 plus episodes as you are. I didn't realize at the time how many people, either you're a guest on my show or, or I was a guest on your show or you came to one of our events it inspired you to start a podcast. Like that's where I get pure fulfillment, joy and fulfillment from hearing people. Here's, here's an example. This woman named, um, um, not Pertiti, um, 
her name escapes me, but um, she came to one of our events, one of our old PodMax events. And it was a, um, it's Shaz, her last name. And she, um, I can't remember her first, came, never did a podcast, bro, in her life. She was, her knees were knocking. She was scared. And she came, she showed up to a live event. We got her on a bunch of big podcasts. Dude, within a year later, she got so confident she was on bigger pockets. And she wow. thanked us for like getting that started for her. Right. So it's less about my podcast making me money directly, but the impact that I'm having mm. on in an individual basis, just from making those connections, just from knowing each other or introducing someone to another. There's so much more than you realize when you start a podcast that's going to benefit you at a higher sort of level. Because, like I said, with the whole George Bailey thing, if it doesn't exist, how do all these things happen? Like all these things will, will never occur if you don't just get started. Yeah, so good. What um, I want to I want to be cognizant of your time and respectful of it, but I'm also curious. Let's talk about your evolution and your journey and on air brands. Like, um, what does all that look like? Oh, dude. Well, yeah, to, to keep it short, I, I started the company as a traditional marketing agency. It was just websites, logos, branding. Um, and then we started introducing shows for me to marketing. Um, and then the podcast thing came and that was just like you. Uh, I started, I wanted to have conversations. I wanted to learn from others, you know, have an opportunity to, to say, Hey, Dave Osborne, like you want to speak on my podcast? Normally, he'd probably say no, but the fact that I have an opportunity and a stage for him to to share his story and people like him, I was like, wow, this is really cool. Like, I can find people um, that normally wouldn't want to talk to me, uh, give them a reason. So then from there, more and more people like you were guesting on my show and then they would hear their episode and they would say, man, that sounded amazing. That didn't sound like, you know, some amateur thing. It sounds like pro who's doing it for you. And I'm like, Oh, that's me. And, and, and my guy had one guy mm. and, um, he was in my band at the time. And, uh, they were like, can you do that for me? And then eventually me became we, and then dozens and dozens of clients later, I'm like, Oh damn, this, this needs to be the company. Like we just shed all the fat, all the stuff we used to do. Like, let's just focus on launching and producing and promoting podcasts. Uh, so yeah, we've been doing that with, intention and full focus uh, for the past year before we were doing a lot of events and a lot of other things. And we're like, no, no, no more of that. Let's get really, really, really good at this. Mm -hmm. I'm curious, uh, Jesse Itzler just spoke at the champions event and he was talking about, you know, just, he was talking about the 1%. You just got to do, you know, the, the 1% that nobody else will do. And he was specifically talking about podcasts. He threw this statistic out the, out of, you know, 2.9 million or 3 million podcasts or whatever, only like 1% of them ever did more than one episode. It's only like 500. I don't even know what the stats are, but because you're the podcast guy and because I'm a, I'm a huge fan of the podcast for a lot of the reasons that you've already said, um, having a 45 minute conversation with you or anybody else, like I can't walk away, not changed on our relationship at some level. And so there's so many reasons like selfishly why I love doing this podcast. In fact, the episode that's dropping right before this was just me ranting on why I love doing a podcast. But for the audience, like, what are, what are the reasons why you think they should do a podcast if you think they should? And number two, why are, like, why are you so bullish on podcasts right now? <laughs> <laughs> a podcast is in its infancy. 
if anyone thinks like, oh yeah, well, it started with the iPod, you know, it was like 2002, whenever that came out. Well, podcasting in in this current form is ever evolving. And we're always talking to to the big dogs, you know, like, um, you know, we have meetings with with YouTube or or whether it's Vayner, which thankfully they're not getting in the podcasting game because they would crush. But um, they're, I'm bullish on it because it's more than what we are talking about it in terms of an audio experience. It's become like what you're doing. It's, it's a YouTube channel, which is, if anyone isn't doubling down on YouTube right now, quadruple down. <laughs> you know, that, that's for the next foreseeable future. It's all about video. Um, so that's what I'm talking about. It's content creation at scale for you mm. so that you can sleep and you can spend time with your family and do the things that are most important to you while your content puts out your message, while your content makes people aware of what you do, makes while you're sleeping, it's selling for you. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily selling in an inauthentic way, but in a way that people start to build, know, like, and trust for you. So by the time they meet you, they're already, I'm all in. What's Mike doing? When's your next event? Because they've been listening silently, like you said earlier. And when they're ready, they're going to approach you and be like, dude, I need more Mike in my life. Mm. So good. I'll never forget. I was at the um, Rebel Capitalist Conference in Miami two years ago. And I'm standing by the elevator and I'm looking down, doing the opposite of what we've been talking about. I'm on my phone. And the elevator opens and people start coming out. And I hear this voice, Mike Ayala. And I look up and I don't know this person. And the guy like grabs my hand and he hits me on the back and he's like, bro, I've been listening to your podcast for, and it was the moment where I was like, you know, and this wasn't like an ego stroke thing for me. This was like, yes. And I proceeded to build a relationship with that guy over the weekend. We had some, a ton of conversations after the fact. And that's the thing that I really love about it is like, when you talk about that impact and that reach, you can talk to people like back in the day, like we had to have meetings and we had to like, you know, you can only build so many relationships, but that's the thing that I love about it too. The reach and the impact, it, it shortens the timeline. And I hear this all the time too. People are, people have actually said this to me. I know you don't know me, but I know you. Mm-hmm. And it's true. If we show up authentically on our podcast, the, the true version of who we are, like people actually know us and it shortens that timeline, not to just buying. I'm not talking about a buying cycle. That's part of it. And it can be powerful, but actually I, I saw this stat and I'm curious of your opinion on this. Um, I forget what, I think it was entrepreneur or something, but they did a, a, a study recently, a poll and something like 70% of people that were polled said that they would rather do business with someone where the CEO had a personal brand than, than where they didn't. And I just thought that was so interesting because, you know, like I never really think that like people would care whether they buy Coke or Pepsi based on whether the CEO like had a personal brand, but they do care. Yeah. You know how many people became, um, I wouldn't say fans and followers, but they came just loyalists and brand champions for Apple because of Steve Jobs, Mm. because of his values, because of how he showed up. Um, there's, There's something to be said about how things have evolved over the recent years, uh, where back when you and I were younger, a personal brand was Tony Robbins, Oprah Winfrey, you know, Emerald, you know, so those were brands that were on television. Well, once the iPhone came out and once social media evolved into what it is now, and it's always evolving, we 
as regular old folks running our businesses and living our day to day could become micro celebrities. And it's a weird thing, dude. When I started my podcast in 2017, 2018, like you, I'd go to an event far from home and someone would walk up to me and be like, dude, I'm a big fan. I'm like, this is weird. Like, what is happening? Mm -hmm. And and for those of you who want a podcast and you're thinking, man, that's cool. You know, that does stroke the ego. Absolutely. But if you don't let it consume you and you see the greater purpose behind that type of responsibility and power that you have, man, that's impact. Like we can, we can infect change if using that power correctly uh, to do the right thing. So to, to back up what you're saying, um, and I know that study you're talking about, that's a brand builder study. Mm-hmm. Um, and within that study, they, they, they interviewed over a thousand people, thousand and four or five to be exact. Um, and people have shared that the, the majority, if not it, the, yeah, the majority of Gen Z and millennials, so we're talking 18 all the way to, you know, 39, 40, expect a business owner to have a personal brand or some semblance of like a podcast to, in order for them to make that buying decision. So if you think about that group of people, they also don't see a personal brand or a podcast or putting yourself out there as a, as a vanity thing. They see it as a necessity mm-hmm. and that they will make a decision based off of your values and what you're putting out there. And if you're authentic and you're like the person on mic and off mic and camera is the same Mike Ayala as, you know, like that's legit. They automatically, what can I do? How can I help? How can I serve? How can I be a part of what you're doing? Dude, think about that demographic. They are the ones making all the buying decisions. They have, they will have all the money over the next 20, 30 years. The boomers, the Gen Xers, they're, whether they think personal branding or podcasting is a vanity thing, that's okay. But we should be talking to the other folks yeah. that, that, that tell us, hey, if it's not you because you're, you're invisible to me, then I'm going to go to someone else who's got a brand, who's got a podcast, who's got a YouTube channel. Because yeah. that's normal. That's what we expect. Yeah. I know powerful. some. Yeah, it is powerful. And I, I've, I'm thinking of a couple people specifically, but I have some friends that, you know, are in business and they're even, you know, they're, they're, they're building courses and, and they do things that require people's attention in order to buy from them, but they're resistant to, um, a lot of this. And I love the way that you talk about like creation versus consumption. That's the thing that I come back to. It's like, you don't have to be consumed. And I think people have this idea in their head that in order to be a content creator that you spend, here's a great example. We were at the Miami couples mastermind and we're sitting around and you know, your phone tracks the amount of time that you spend on certain apps and whatever. And somebody said, who do you, we should see who spends the most time like on Instagram. And we kind of voted ahead of time and everybody was like, who do you think? And everybody thought it would be me. Right. And like, I opened my phone and I'd been on Instagram for like 20 minutes that week. And, you know, a lot of people think that by building a brand, building a presence, building a podcast, being a creator that I spend 120 hours or even like you, we haven't even talked about, you know, you're a real estate investor. You're a very successful business owner. Um, but you're passionate about content creation. And I think, I think there's this idea that, and I love, you said it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be all consuming. I forgot how you said it, but I want you to address that because I think there's so many people that have a resistance to being or creating an impact or sharing their truth or whatever, because they think it's going to consume them when in reality it can be the opposite, right? Yeah. If you put the work in, right. So 
Um, I guess share a story with you that um, was another sort of eye-opening moment. Like when I met you and you, you, you gave me purpose and validation that I, sh- this, okay, I, I, I'm a part of this tribe. It's also another GoBundance story where I had an opportunity to speak on stage and I was talking about personal branding and podcasting. And dude, you know how it is. Like if, when you have an opportunity like that and you get off stage, just, you know, like a dozens of people that want to, they line up to talk with you and, and you're sharing, you're giving more ideas. They have a lot of questions that can be overwhelming. Like whenever I have a speaking engagement, dude, I need time to reflect and just recharge. Mm-hmm. So I spent the final like week or two weeks after that event checking my freaking ego. Because if you let the ego consume you, like I'm the man, I'm this, I'm that, I'm all that, you know, that's the wrong path to go down. Mm-hmm. Because then if you can take that and harness that energy and that impact and that influence to do something greater, like, dude, I found my faith during that period, that time. Like, cause I was like asking God, like, what do I do? Like, what do I do with this? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I, I, I'm overwhelmed. Yeah. And boom, answers start to come, you know? So, and it's undeniable. So then that's what I, that's what I want people to understand that. Yes, you can join this and you could be like a lot of 90% of the influencers out there that are all about their ego, mm-hmm. right? They, they, they're all about the, the hearts and farts, right? They, they, they live for that. <laughs> that algorithm and they just want to, uh, dude, I'm not about that. I don't go into LinkedIn. I don't go in like how many likes, how many people, how many comments? No, like I'm in there to see like one conversation I can have that can make an impact, Ooh, right? If I can stop someone from jumping off a freaking ledge, bro, like that's where I want to make the greatest impact. Mm. Like there is where we need to find the reason to get up and do this every day. Dude, I'm still doing this because of the phone calls I get, because people call and say, dude, you stopped me from doing this or you helped me to do that. Thank you. I'm not alone in this. I'm not alone because as entrepreneurs, we feel alone, man. Like this is a hard game and it's a solo game. And if you're in your silo each and every day, you could forget there are people experiencing exactly what you're experiencing or have experienced it and they can help you. And if you don't have a podcast, if you don't have a brand, if you don't have some way to get to those people, Dude, you're doing a disservice. Dude, it is our freaking duty. It is our obligation to create something so others can find the answers. And if you think other people are doing it, that's okay. But there are people that are connected directly to you that you don't realize that will listen, that will that will change, that will evolve because you created something and, and help them to, to become less consumers and more creators. Dude, that's so much, man. So much, re- so many reasons to to build your own brand. I mean, what else do you say to that? <laughs> that was so good. Was I, was I on a soapbox? I was no. like, yeah, I was getting fired up, man. Well, it's so good, and I'm sitting here thinking about what you just said, and 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 then I'll I'll wrap us up here. But I remember thinking, literally, I went to a Tony Robbins event, and I'm like, why why would anybody listen to me when you can just listen to Tony Robbins. And as you were just saying what you were saying too, and the way that people relate to us, it reminds me of a scripture that I've been thinking about in second Timothy. And it talks about how people are always learning, but they're never coming to the full knowledge of the truth. And I've been thinking a lot lately about what is that and what does that mean? And when you were just talking very passionately, which I'm excited about, I kind of just had this revelation because like I can learn from Tony Robbins, but I don't have a relationship with Tony Robbins and there's something huge about energy and connection and, and, and that impact on a one-on-one level or, you know, even one to 10 or one to a hundred versus like one to 10,000 or one to a million. 
that's that's different. And that's why, I mean, when you were just talking about like, you know, creating and and why we need to give our message and share our message, it's because every single one of us can impact someone that someone else can't, whether it's one-to-one or one-to-ten or one in a different way because it's energetic. And so back to that, like, if I want to learn, I can learn from anyone. But if I want to come to the full knowledge of the truth, there has to be some level of growth that only can happen when it's on true human connection and that contribution and the impact that you've been talking about through the full episode. So I don't know, man, you just kind of closed the loop for me on something that I've been pondering for a few weeks, that scripture. It's kind of interesting. It's awesome, dude. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Well, dude, this has been awesome. Again, I want to be respectful of your time. We talked for almost 30 minutes before we started recording. Um, (laughs) Where can people find you, uh, follow you, get help from you? Uh, Where are you? And so I want to give something to your audience, whether you're a podcaster or not. um, I think it's beneficial because being a guest is also powerful, as you know. Um, because then now you can, it's such a gift when you're a guest, like I am on yours and thank you, uh, because now you get to reach people that you typically would never have the ability or, um, the opportunity to, to, to speak with, right? Like you get introduced to someone new and if it's one, that's, that's massive. Um, Eric Cabral.co slash guide is a PDF that can help you, whether you're guesting on podcasts, whether you're podcast host, seasoned or newbie. Um, I think that I've collected enough of my knowledge in those two pages uh, of what to do and what not to do, um, which will be helpful. So if you go to ericcabral.co slash guide and Eric with a K, E-R-I-K, um, you'll find that there's, there's also an opportunity to reach out to me and connect further. Great. I love it. We'll put all that in the show notes too. And brother, I can't say enough about your energy, not just on this show, but what you bring to life and the way you approach it. And, um, you're just constantly adding value. So what you talk about and what you shared here, um, you know, I can say to the audience is what you live. And I just appreciate the way you show up and, um, just always a great conversation. So I appreciate you, man. Yeah. I appreciate you, man. And it's always a blessing, uh, to be in the room and to share these moments with you, brother. So thank you. Thank you. If you've found value in this episode and you know someone who's wanting to start or move further along in their journey toward investing for freedom, I would be forever grateful if you would share this show with them and help me get this message out to more listeners. Also, if you enjoy what you've heard, I would appreciate it if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. And until the next episode, cheers to moving further along in your journey of investing for freedom.